Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast bringing you the good, the bad and the ugly from the English top flight. It's been a big weekend of Premier League action, plenty to talk about. We've had VAR, we've had sendings off, we've had controversy, we've had players falling out with managers, we've had managers falling out with players and much, much more in between. Now we all know on a Monday we don't really like to think too much or do too much talking, so don't worry, we here on the Sports Social team will do all your thinking and all your talking about the big issues from the Premier League this weekend and joined in the studio today to get through those big issues that have been plaguing Premier League fans over the last couple of days. I am ably joined by Stefan Armstrong. Good morning, Stefan. Good morning. I think you've G'd us up a little bit too much there, but great. <laughs> no, no, no. No apologies. No apologies <laughs> required. on now. And we also have Marley Anderson. Hi, Marley. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? And I'm Fergal Brennan. And we're going to be looking at some of the issues that have happened over the weekend in a little bit more detail. Now, when we're getting ready for this podcast... The list was, you know, as long as my arm in terms of what we could talk about and what we couldn't talk about. So we've tried to be fairly selective and look at some of the issues that we think need to be talked about and need to be dissected from, from the last couple of days of Premier League action. There's only one place to start, in my opinion, and that's at the Emirates Stadium. Now, in case anyone's been living under a rock for the last 24 hours or, you know, they're not interested in the trials and tribulations <laughs> of Arsenal Football Club, which unfortunately doesn't include me, um, Granit Xhaka, Arsenal captain, substituted in the second half against Crystal Palace yesterday and he was booed off Ooh. by the home fans uh, Granit Xhaka responded in kind by giving the Arsenal fans a bit of the old aggro giving them a bit of the old swear words I'm not sure how much swearing I'm allowed to do so without Jim here I'm just oh, going to say yeah, he told right. him to F off we'll yeah. go with F off Is just, it, was it lip read was it, it? Was, it was lip read as <laughs> F off twice so we'll keep it PG and we'll go with F off so he cupped what his ear the F stands for the F stands for thanks very much that's what it stands <laughs> for um 
didn't shake Unai Emery's hand as he went off and he went straight down the tunnel cue Arsenal meltdown on Twitter from <laughs> the fan base the Arsenal fan Christ. TV kicking off after absolute that. Oh, meltdown on Twitter <laughs> so don't we're gonna mention that. absolute <laughs> bunch of wankers yes oh, so he can swear brilliant 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 Jesus Christ. Wow. well I am fully behind Marley on that one in that they are an absolute bunch of wankers but we're gonna get down to this now Shaka he gets subbed off obviously not happy very very angry tells the Arsenal fans what he thinks probably tells Unai Emery after the game what he thinks what happens now Stefan you're Unai Emery imagine that you know long flowing dark hair nice Spanish accent (laughs) the similarities are perfect (laughs) what do you do you're Unai Emery it's training today Granit Xhaka stomps in with a bit of a face on what do you do to be honest if I'm Unai Emery uh, I probably uh I probably wouldn't be an Arsenal manager anymore if I was Unai Emery. That's the first thing I would do. Uh, never mind this captaincy debacle. Um, I don't know. The, the popular answer is going to be that he's got to he's got to kind of like uh, punish Xhaka to a certain degree, maybe take the captaincy off him. Um, but I don't really think he can do much because I think he's created all this himself. Um, why let players choose who the captain is yep. first of all choose your own captain yep. choose somebody who, who is well liked within the club Arsenal fans don't really like Xhaka that much do they no. so it's just all building up to the tension so he's he's done this himself so I've got no sympathy for him and to be honest with you I quite like what Xhaka's done I like it stirred <laughs> the pot a little bit let's be having you you know well this is this is something that's come up quite a few times and I'm pretty confident I'm going to know what Marley's answer is going to be to this but this idea of a captaincy group so Emery at the start of the season had a f- captaincy group of five players two of which Hector Bellerin and Rob Holden were out with long term injuries <laughs> but we'll ignore that who voted for Rob Holden by the way <laughs> Rob Holden I think voted for Rob Holden <laughs> that, that for me is a poor decision the, the blame's got to lie at Emery's door here because as, as Stefan says he's created this situation so if Emery's created this situation he's the one that has yep. to take definitive action mm-hmm um, yeah, it's just you know a captaincy group is. I don't just, know what that means. It just seems like a bit of a a weak thing. You should just pick one. Doesn't matter who you pick. Just pick one and stick with him. Pick your favourite guy. Pick your hardest guy. Pick someone who's got pick a be, leader. Yeah, pick like Newcastle for example. They've got Lascelles, and it's because he throttled someone in training because he wasn't <laughs> giving. It was Mohamed Diame, and he had him by the throat, and all of a sudden Diame played like frigging. But Brian Paul's goal for the rest of the, rest of the season. I think the problem and is there's no ad men at Arsenal, though. No. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Xhaka sort of gives that impression of a bit. Is that, of, he's a cartoon hard man, is what he is. Yeah, he's. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just. I don't know when. I, I do have a bit of sympathy for Xhaka because I don't think that you should boo your own player. No, I agree with that. Unless, like, they've done something, like, really, you know, incomprehensible. But Xhaka came off after recording an assist and not playing that bad. But at that point it was two two, wasn't it? Yeah. When 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 on earth does a captain get subbed off at two two when you're going for a win? Exactly. Well, that's, that's when, weird, that's when, isn't it? That's when you have a captaincy group and you're not that asked about <laughs> one guy having the captain. Yeah. So. Well, Emery was able to go. We'll take him off. We've got another one on there. <laughs> We've got, got loads. On the yeah, yeah, yeah. About it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's tragic, isn't it? But it kind of sums up Arsenal quite yeah. well at the minute. I think. Yeah. Well, just they're just a bit of a shit show, isn't it? Yeah. Just overall, like yeah. even though we we spoke last week on the podcast about. Is it that bad for Arsenal? Um, because you looked at the league table and they were third, and yep. they, they're playing playing all right, doing all right in Europa League, sort of cruising through that quite easily. And then this weekend happened, and it's like, oh Christ, it's an absolute mess there over there. So you've got the the manager and the captain, 
you know, at each other a little bit because you know, as soon as which the captain? Game, oh, jacket. Okay, jacket yeah. holding. <laughs> and then Emery comes out with, you know, he was wrong in the in the put uh, the post match press conference thing when he was being interviewed by Sky and BBC and what have you. And he was like, okay, he was wrong. So yeah. you assume he's gonna get um, fined, uh, you know, weeks wages, couple of weeks wages, whatever it is, and then he'll be back in the team and. Yeah. It's just hard hard for him as a player to turn it round now because they didn't like him before this. They've expressed their opinions. He's turned around and said, right, F you all. And, you know, cupped his ear and all the rest of it. Just wound him up, basically. Yeah. Pantomime villain with his own fans. Hey, you love a wind-up merchant, though, don't you? I yeah. love a wind-up merchant. It's funny, it's funny as a, as a neutral, <laughs> isn't it? Let's be honest, it's a little bit funny. Oh, it's brilliant. I'm laughing because um, I can't cry anymore. Well, yeah. We were talking about it on Friday, though, <laughs> weren't we? It, it all comes back to the same thing. Is Arsenal fans, I don't really think they like Emery that much. And no. yeah, any, any slight thing that he'll do now, they'll pick up on, and this doesn't help. It's I don't know. I don't know if that'll last. To be fair, on social media, they were hammering uh, Emery for his, press co- um, his, his interview, his post-match interview, when he said um, they, they, they asked him... What do you think of the VAR decisions? And he went, "Oh, it's it's a joke." And then he went, "Good evening." <laughs> Half like after he'd answered the question, so he's had like, a busy day. He's had a lot yeah. to deal with. Come on. So he, he, he um. sort of answered it. Then he thought, "Shit, I've not said good evening." That's like my little catchphrase. And he, so he was like, oh, "You know, it's a it's a good thing." Uh, the, the 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 decision was a nonsense. Good evening. Um, but I think, and it was just like that's a weird thing to say. But then all the Arsenal fans were like, "He's a shit manager. He doesn't even know mm. when to say good evening." Because oh. yeah. like, we, we all know that's the, that's the strength of managerial uh, prowess and yeah. leadership, knowing. Which appropriate time of day to give someone a greeting that, yeah. that's the key to all of that I think that's how you, that's how you judge Spaniards on, yeah, you know, yeah. how, I think, how I think well anyone listening to the, to the podcast now will be thinking in work I know how to catch out the boss if he says afternoon before 12 I know that you know that the <laughs> empire is crumbling You've yeah one thing that we've we've mentioned, and I think we can all agree on this. There's separate camps now forming in this. There's the Arsenal fan base yeah. and the section within the Arsenal fan base that want Shaka to lose the captaincy, want Emery to make decisive action, action, sorry, or potentially even Emery leave. The question that I want to ask, and 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 I I do believe this, but I want to get your opinion on this as as non-Arsenal fans. Do Arsenal fans need this drama? Because this seems to be their their petrol in their engine. This seems to be what they feed on. Do Arsenal fans need this level of nonsense, this level of drama? You know, this isn't the first time there's been an issue with captaincy. We've had Galas in the past, Fabregas in the past. We had the issue with Koscielny in the summer where he went on strike effectively. Do Arsenal fans need this in order to, to, to give themselves something? What, as in terms of, like, giving Arsenal some sort of personality for a change? Is, yeah, is essentially, yeah, is? yeah. It's all a bit EastEnders, this, isn't it? You know what I mean? I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it, so I can't really comment. I don't know. Do they need it? I don't know. But when you, I think if they didn't have it, they'd make it anyway. Like yeah. it, it, there doesn't have to be much going on at Arsenal for them for the fan base to have a, a complete meltdown, and then you see them bunch of melts on YouTube. And they're all like, oh, it's blood, 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 they're, blood, They're all pining after just, the Arsenal of, you know, 2002, 2003, Invincible exactly. era, you know what I mean? It's changed, hasn't it? So kind of it's like, adapt, get over it a little bit. It's a different era now. It's different. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to start again. Yeah, like but you, if, you can't just say, "Oh, we used to be great." You sound like Man United. Then you sound like Nottingham Forest. You sound like every team. Every team. Yeah, every <laughs> How far team can we take that back? Great. Do you think like, old Etonians? I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah uh, it's a bit tragic, isn't it? But I think Marley makes a good point. And when when you listen to Arsenal fans, and particularly social media, can be can be a horrible place post game. You know, you, you you know, you flick through Twitter on a Sunday night, and you you want something a bit relaxing, and it's 
madness. It's, it's like being in the middle of a war zone. And, and that was the case last night. And I do think Marley's right in terms of there's elements within the Arsenal fan base that this feeds them because it gives them something to kind of talk well, about. Mm. And, you know, and a lot of these Emre out banners or Emre out comments, all they've done is just deleted Wenger off the front of that and swap <laughs> yeah. that for Emery. That, that's, exactly. that's exactly the situation. What, what do they want? Because they've, they've notoriously shown their dislike for um, Ozil and then at the weekend they were chanting his name wanting him back what do they want? I don't yeah. know what I don't, th- I don't, don't think they, they know what they want and I don't think Emery knows what he wants from the team I don't think Emery knows what the fans want either Yeah I mean if if Ozil for example came back into the team and put in you know a 4 out of 10 performance it would just be like they'd probably boo him off as well. (laughs) (laughs) And if I was Ozil, I'd be like, right, I'm on 350 grand a week, you wankers, I don't care what you say. I won't be be playing again until the end of the season. What's going to happen soon is Emery gets sacked, Ozil plays again, or Xhaka is restored as captain. Well, this is what I was going to ask you. Emery out, Ozil will be the manager. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Right. Petit let's plays on the wing again. Let's go around the table. Okay, so what happens next? Give us, give us, give us however ridiculous okay. it is. Go on, give us, give us your thoughts on this. So what happens now? Stefan? Xhaka is removed as one of the five captains. Uh, Ozil gets a game in the League Cup maybe at some point, And uh, Emery is uh, managing until the end of the season and it doesn't change. Marley, any advance on that? Uh, I can't see them getting rid of him, um, even though the fan base might get so many views on YouTube of him, you know, calling for him to be... I thought you were going to say Ozil won't get a, a, league, a league Cup appearance. <laughs> uh, yeah, he can't be any worse than what they've got at the minute. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't see them sacking him. I can see them... It's not bad enough to, to pull the trigger. Um, they're still doing all right in the Europa League. They're still doing... Better than Man. Uh, are they? Where are they? Fifth. League? Fifth. So they're still above Man United in the league. So they're still in that top six race. Um, they're above Spurs. That's a big thing for Arsenal. Arsenal because Spurs are struggling along as well. So they're still in the race of the top six. Everything's everything's not as bad as it as the fan base make out for me. Yeah, I would. Do, but I, they are there are problems. But it's not bad enough to just you know rip it up and start again. I would agree with that and I think in terms of the, the captaincy group I never want to hear it mentioned again to do with Arsenal to do with any Premier League side um, and I think I agree sensible decision is Emery's not going anywhere um, the last thing Arsenal need is, is instability I don't. I never thought Shaka should have been the captain in the first place my pick I mean I didn't get a vote in the captaincy group vote which I was quite you're dis- not one of them well I thought I was going to be the sixth one that was the deal but you know I, I never got the email um, I'd have gone for Hector Bayern, but obviously because of his injury I, I see why he didn't get enough votes um, but I really really would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that chat because I do like as I said before I think Shaka comes off as this cartoon hard man and when you're in a squad or a dressing room full of players that mm. clearly are not of that ilk he's the hardest kid in the playground in a primary school he's a secondary school kid on a primary school playground yeah. thus he's the hardest player he's the, kid he's the hardest held, kid on the playground he's the kid that got held back because he's a bit thick yeah, and then, yeah. And uh, battering all the year sixes because he's you know, <laughs> six foot one. And the kids from the secondary school are shouting through the fence at him, and he's raging about it. That's yeah. basically what happened yesterday. Yeah, he's, yeah, I, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's a good, yeah. it's about as good a uh, metaphor we've come up with on the podcast <laughs> ever, to be honest. Anyway, right, enough about Granite Xhaka and Unai Emery. We're going to talk about another man, uh, another manager who's under uh, a fair bit of pressure, and that's Marco Silva at Everton. Mm-hmm. Now we chatted a few weeks ago about his situation. How perilous was it? Was he on the brink of getting sacked? And the story a couple of weeks ago was that he had three games to save his job now that was the Premier League games against West Ham and Brighton which he won one and lost one and now the midweek uh, EFL Cup, Cup clash sorry against his old team Watford now 
by my maths, and I'm not Farhad Mashiri, won one, lost one, does that give him an extra game? Or what situation is he in now? Does he have to win that League Cup game against Watford or he's sacked? Does he get it a little bit longer? What's the situation for Marco Silva? I think the situation for Marco Silva is he needs to win everything in November because he's, he's got he's got his game against Watford, which is fine, um, in the EFL Cup. They've got Spurs on Then they've got, they've got Spurs. Spurs, yep. Spurs are a bit of a dodgy patch, but they're at home, <laughs> so that could be that could be interesting. Then they've got Southampton, so they'll win 9-0 there. Um, at least. Then they've got Norwich at home, which you, you would hope they'd win that. But December's minging. Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, all in a row. Oh Jesus! So based on those fixtures Ooh. that he, based on those fixtures that he got in November, what sort of a points return does he have to get in order to stay in a job? Would Ooh. you say? I'd say at least seven points. Otherwise, he's gone. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Because because we're, we're looking we're looking quite shaky. I mean, the way it, I think it was the way they lost mm. against uh, Brighton, which was was the worry. Well, obviously, a lot of the talk was the VAR decision to award the penalty at the end for the, uh, Michael Keane's foul on Aaron Connolly. But again, when you talk about this idea of shakiness or you know being that little bit leaky in the last few minutes, and then Luca Dean goes and scores an own goal, is that an issue? You know, the players. There was this performance against West Ham, albeit a bit of an out of sorts West Ham. But then they go to Brighton, they get themselves in front, 15, 20 minutes to go. Not only do they concede a goal to equalise, they concede a, a winner. I think it was the ninety fourth. Uh, sorry. Brighton score a winner in 94th, 95th minute. Mm. And it Does that underline goal. the issues? <laughs> yeah, it, it sums them up that they scored an own goal in the 94th minute. Yep. <laughs> you know, they're 2-1 up, they gave away a penalty and scored an own goal to lose the game. That just kind of <laughs> sums up the way Everton are going at the minute. Um, it feels to me like it's been like this for quite a while for Marco Silva at Everton. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's kind, just, nothing's really it's improving. Nev- never really clicked, has it? Like, they've no. never been... Like, they spend well every summer and it increases expectations. And at the start of every season, I just say that Everton are going to flatter to deceive because that's what they've done for the last five years. So where's the proof that they're, they're going to get it right ever? I don't there, think it's there, been helped. Mashiri's put in millions yeah. into the club. Yeah, but, but, and it's just it, he's not getting what it's worth. So how long does he say? I'm fucking sick of this, lads. I've been putting all this money in, and we're not getting anywhere. But it feels like big name players aren't really performing very no. well. Sigurdsson yeah. hasn't really kicked on as you expected. Rickalson, we we're talking about him. Every game last season, this season he's kind of not done a thing. He scored, I think he scored one goal. No. And, and he ne- oh, sorry, I think he got two, and then he nearly scored at the weekend, but yeah, it, was, it went down goal, as a Webster on goal. Yeah, so I don't know. And then the thing is, Moise Keane signing up front as well. Exactly, he's not really done much. I don't think he's even. Has he started a game? You might have started mm, one game maybe, but like that, yeah, but, but he's not exactly set the world alight. When you think I of the, the reputation that he was gathering at Juventus, and then he makes 26, 27 million pound move to Everton, yes. it hasn't really worked. Like. Silva doesn't really know where to put him. He doesn't really seem to be getting enough minutes to make an impact. Could he put him up front? 27 million quid. And then he's like, what, is he 19 or something like that? So 19, 20, whatever he is. So, Mm. you know, if you're not going to just... He didn't even come off the bench at the weekend. Just looking now. I mean, he put Delph... He started with, with Richarlison up front, which is a problem in itself because Richarlison on the left of midfield is fantastic. Yeah. Even on the right, he can do a job. But when you play, I know they're trying to mould him into a centre forward, no. so they don't have to spend again. Yeah, and they've got loads of attacking midfielders as well, so that kind of makes a sense. Makes the things uh, make sense. But it's hard to get. It's hard to learn to be a striker when you're not a striker because in the in the Premier League, that's going to take six months or a season minimum. So you're almost like writing that off. All the while, Moyes Keane on the bench is just sort of stagnating, yeah. getting pissed off that he's moved 27 million quid to England. Said he's going to score at least seven goals this season, which Everton could 
do with right now. It's an interesting amount. That seven goals, very yeah. precise. I, I, he said. I, Is that what he I said? Expect, yeah, he said. He said. I. Somebody That's... said. How many goals do you think? <laughs> There's a man that knows his season? mind. I wouldn't say that in a job interview. And I wouldn't said, turn up and say I'll said, do all right, but not my best. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's odd, that, isn't it? He said, "I'm confident of getting seven goals this season," and everyone went. That's you know? warning signs. That, Careful, isn't it? mate. But it sounds like the conversation was when when they were buying him. <laughs> Listen, we'd like you to score ten, but we understand. You know, you're still feeling your way in the league. Maybe <laughs> you know we'll, we'll accept five. And he goes, listen, boss. Yeah, I give you seven. Yeah, the final offer. That. I can't yeah. believe that. That's mental. Not eight. Um, seven. Yeah, eight's a bit too much. Yeah, you're only paying me twenty-seven million, so you're getting seven. Well, hold on. Speaking of seven, the number seven. Seven said it's seven points that uh, Marco Silva needs from yeah. this run of games in order to keep himself in the job. Would you agree with that? Um, or do you I, think the writing's on the wall already? I think they need to. Do you know what I think they, sh- they need to do is progress in the cup. I think the, a good cup run could save them. Like, for example, they've got Watford um, in the cup on Wednesday, um, and if they get if they got to like the semis or something of the of the cup, and they did, you know, they came tenth in the league or something, that might just about be enough to buy him another crack at next season. Although I'm not really sure it is enough. But it might it might be all right. The problem with all these all these managers potentially losing their jobs soon, whether we're talking about Emery or Silva, I don't know who's coming in to replace these guys. So who, thing, who would ever who? get in instead? I don't David Moyes. <laughs> <laughs> laugh, laugh all you want. Yeah. He's out of work, and and there would be some footfall pushing for <laughs> Moyes to go back to Goodison. Trust me, I'm telling you. Oh, I don't know. oh god. I think he's out of work for a reason, though. <laughs> right, anyway, on that horrible note, on that really pessimistic note, we're going to take a short break, but join us in a couple of moments where we're going to be discussing Harry Kane's controversial title comments about Liverpool. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast looking across all 20 teams in the English top flight. As well as the daily podcast, you can also catch up on your latest Premier League team news each and every day. We have a 30-second Premier League news bulletin. Simply ask your Alexa device to enable Sport Social. Right, before the break, we chatted about Arsenal and Granit Xhaka and Marco Silva's situation at Everton. We're going to move a few more rungs up the table now and we're going to talk about the business end, the title. Liverpool, Manchester City and kind of Tottenham. So post-game yesterday, Harry Kane came out and said that he was unhappy with Liverpool. He was unhappy with the decisions that they got in the second half. Ultimately, the penalty, Serge Aurier's foul. We'll talk about that in a second. On Sadio Mane, which Mo Salah converted and Liverpool got three points. Harry Kane said after the game, Liverpool are getting these little breaks. They're getting these little decisions that help teams when they're on a title push. So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. Harry Kane, does he have a point? Or is he being a bit was he, unfair? Was he kind of being snidey about it? I think well, he was asked a direct question. He was asked directly about the penalty, mm. and he said they are getting these little breaks at the moment. I think that just comes for when you're at the top of a table and everything's going well for you. Just you know just happens doesn't it it's kind of football god speaking if you're asking me uh yeah they, they probably do get get the um what do you call it the rub of the green rub of the green say? yeah but um 
I, th- I think he just sounds like a bit of a sore loser, to be honest. But in this situation, uh, Liverpool have had two VAR penalties given in favour of Sadio Mane in their last three games. There was obviously the incident against Leicester and then the incident against Tottenham. Looking at the one last night, um, in yesterday's game, sorry, with Sergio Reyes' foul on, on Sadio Mane, mm. could, do we agree that it was a penalty? I, I don't really think there's that much wiggle room. I can see the yeah, point with I, the incident against Leicester. It was 100% a penalty. Yeah. It's a really tired tackle where... It's annoying to concede, especially because yeah. Oreo was a genuine kick at the ball but also Aurier's got to be aware that Mane is quick as hell and, yep. he's, and he's right behind him so all Aurier needs to do is just toe poke it don't try and smack he tried to wallop yep. it into the crowd that was the whole point he pulled the, his leg back so far that Mane was quick enough to just get in there and take the ball off him and well he was about to and then he got you know, hacked to the ground yep. kind of thing and it's one of them where you are annoyed that he hasn't made a tackle so to speak but he's given away a penalty and it's, it's Stonewall yep. And end of the day, you've got a professional referee sat behind a screen re- replaying yeah. this over and over again. So exactly. the decision probably was right. I hate VAR, by the way, but the decision probably <laughs> was right. Yeah. But um, if if Harry Kane was having that interview today rather than straight after the match, he probably wouldn't be saying that, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. but I think as well, like Harry Kane said this and it was very, um, what's the word, like, uh, demo- democratic? Almost. Oh, I don't know the word. Who choosing his words very carefully when he probably yeah. wanted to say something a bit stronger. Diplomatic, diplomatic. that's yeah, the one. Yeah. So he's very diplomatic in what he said, as in, he said that in such a way, like, he, he could have said, they're just lucky bastards getting yeah. penalties all the time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what Xhaka would have said that. <laughs> um, but he, he said he said it in a, such a way that it was like, oh, hang on, they are, maybe they are getting rubbed the green. Because there's been a bit on, there's loads on social media and yeah. stuff, when, and, and pundits saying things like they're getting the rub of the green and... And all that, all this kind of thing, um, and they they are, but they're kind of making that look a little bit. Yeah. Um, last season, for example, they got a lot of dodgy penalties when VAR wasn't in play, and that's when you can kind of get annoyed about it. Yeah. But so far this season, I've not really, not really had much of a, a problem with it. Really, I, but, don't, I don't think. But when you look at the balance of the game, and yeah, you can understand Kane's frustration about these these small margins that might be going uh, in fa- in favour of Liverpool, but. Tottenham started well. Obviously, Kane scored with inside, I think it was 40 or 50 seconds. Great header, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah and, that was amazing. But after the first 15, 20 minutes, the, the balance of the game shifted. And I think it was very interesting just, at the start of the deep. second half where Liverpool just were relentless. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really remember, other than Son hitting the bar just after the break, I don't really remember Tottenham being in the half, Son the Liverpool had, half that much. Son had enough chances, I think, to kind of kind of bury Liverpool a little bit yeah. and he missed them and to be, and of course Liverpool are going to come back after to you. be fair the only reason they, they won 2-1 is because Gazaniga had a hell of a game yeah. in goal yeah, excellent. excellent he was amazing yeah. I, I, I gave him a bit of stick on the podcast a few weeks because I, I just didn't think he was very good but yeah. he was he was magnificent they would have lost 5 or 6-1 if Did, uh, if if it hadn't been for him, because yeah, uh, particularly yeah. second half, he was he was like an octopus. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing seems to get... Do you think part of what Kane was saying, when he talks about Liverpool getting these little breaks to, to get them towards the title, mm. do you think part of what he's actually saying is, no, what I really mean, but I can't say, is that Tottenham are not getting breaks? Do you think yeah. he was maybe having a little I, bit of a, a sly dig at Tottenham not getting you know the rubber the green or the, the bounce of the ball? There. Yeah. A clear subtext, which is uh, Harry Kane saying, I wish I was playing in a team that could win the Premier League. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's all he was saying. <laughs> well, Harry Kane has been mooted. But I'm a, a one-team man, you know what I mean? 
Harry Kane has been mooted for uh, for a move away from Tottenham, but not to a team that is going to win the Premier League. And that was by Roy Keane last week, where yeah, he simply yeah. just blurted out, if, him. "If Manchester United is short of goals, they should go just going by Harry Kane." <laughs> and Roy Keane had another golden moment after the after the Liverpool Tottenham game yesterday, oh, yeah. when they, they kind of do the little round table and they, you know, a bit like us here, except what we don't have Roy Keane. Is it where he where he called uh, Aurier and Danny Rose dumb and dumber? He said they were they were abysmal, absolutely abysmal, and he was comparing them to. to Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson but do you think that's that's indicative of where Tottenham are and I think that was a big part of the performance yesterday Aurier's foul was that out of frustration out of tiredness because they were clearly targeting him on one side and clearly targeting, targeting Danny Rose on the other does Roy Keane have a point? I, f- I think they're just a frustrated team they're sitting in 11th in the league and things aren't clicking there's, there's speculation almost daily about managers and Harry Kane and he should leave and blah, 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 blah. Ericsson not getting the best out of Deli Alli. Just a frustrated team. That's It just all sounds frustrated. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at... So Keane's got a point, as in, if you're looking at the Spurs team and saying, where can we exploit them? And you don't, if you don't think full-back, you don't know anything about football because no. they are weak at full-back. Like, Aurier is the only right-back at the club and he's very erratic. You don't know what you're going to get from him. You might get a 10 out of 10. Performance, you might get a one, and he might literally cost no. you the game. You might get a red card, penalty yeah, given away. Exactly, yeah. You've always got a chance off him. Um, and Danny Rose, for me, has been the most overrated left. But I think he's incredibly lucky to have the career he's had because he's. I think he's bang well, average. Don't say that to the people in Doncaster. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any listeners from uh, Doncaster, Doncaster Rover fans, you know, <laughs> just on the off chance, he's not wanted to play for. If Tottenham there's any Doncaster Rover fans, fans what are you listening to a Premier League daily podcast? <laughs> Um, no, but I think honestly, I think Danny Rose has been Ben Davis is such a solid left back compared to Danny Rose. I don't know why he doesn't start every game. I but, think I think it's also a bit of a mistake allowing Kieran Trippier to go so oh, easily. Massive mistake that. But I think that the Trippier situation kind of stunk of Pochettino and him had clearly had a bit of a, a maybe not necessarily falling out, but it comes to a situation where Pochettino wanted to move in a different direction. And again, I think Trippier is when you look at how he started life at Atletico Madrid, he's absolutely tailor made for mm-hmm. playing for someone like. Diego Simeone. Anytime you've seen Trippier play for Spurs, you play for England, he looks like the type of character he would run. Th- he would run through that wall for you if you asked him to. There's, you know, there's limitations to his game technically, I think, but in terms of commitment, in terms of his organisation, in terms of his discipline, I think he's outstanding. And when you look at this Tottenham team now, that's there. There are a few traits that they seem to be lacking. There's so many players in the Liverpool game and in recent weeks for Tottenham that just seem to be drifting. Ali. Ericsson. Ericsson got asked to play on the wing yesterday. He didn't track any runs from Andy Robertson. He really struggled to deal with him coming forward. He got subbed off. He really didn't look like he wanted to be there. And that's indicative right the way through the team. And maybe that comes back to Kane's comments. Maybe he's he's looking at that, those players that six months ago were hungry for this. They got themselves to the Champions League final. They were in, in and around the Premier League title race. And now they look like a, a balloon with its air being sucked out of it. Yeah, but is, like we mentioned that there. So is that... Is Ericsson being on the right? Is that not Pochettino's fault? Because that's a tactical thing. So yeah. if you're going to play a number 10 on the wing, you know they're not going to defend really. And you know Robertson's not going to sit think, back. He's not going to think twice about just going past him and say, well, he's not coming with me, so I'm off. And then you've got you've got like Sissoko playing defensive mid and it's like, he's all right in defensive mid, mm. absolutely fine. But if you put him on the right, he's got an engine like hell. He'll trace. He'll go with Robertson if he goes past him. So I don't know. I, just, I don't think Poch got it right, to be honest. And then 
It went 1-0 up after like 47 seconds, which ironically was a rub of the green two spurs. So I don't know. So Kane's on about these, you know, <laughs> Liverpool getting all the breaks. You got a deflected shot that hit the top of the post and came right to you. So yeah. that's a rub of the green in itself. Um, and then, you know, Gazaniga's had a hell of a game and and they've lost 2-1, but it's, it doesn't seem like a bigger defeat. It, it, was a, it was a more comprehensive defeat than it seemed for me. And I think Pochettino could have done a bit more. Team, teams to, at the top of a table like Liverpool, when they're flying, it just comes naturally, all these little decisions and things. It's yeah. ha- it's ha- it happens year after year. And Pochettino just seems to have a bit of a almost a whack-a-mole situation where obviously he had the, the problem with Ericsson the somewhere he wanted to leave, so he thought he kind of dealt with that. Then he forgot that Alderbiral over Tongans contracts are up. They, they seem to have had their heads turned. <laughs> Lloris goes and gets a really nasty injury. And now he's been ruled out for months. Kane seems to be a little bit frustrated with certain things. He thought Ali had come back into the team and kick on. That hasn't happened. Uh, Sergio has forgotten how to play football. You know, he's having to deal with all these types of situations and there's only going to be so long that he can he can put up with this because it's it is being chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And Miley makes a good point in terms of his selection against Liverpool. The logical choice would be, as you say, puts Sosoko out on the right to live with Robertson. Why is Tangai and Dombele, 62, 63 million pounds this summer, sitting on the bench? Like the, the whole yeah, the whole I mean, message with, with Liverpool is you've got to match them in terms of their energy in, in that middle middle area. Why are you not playing Ndombele? Yeah, I think, like, I'm just looking at the team now. They played, according to Sky Sports, they played 4-3-3 and Deli Alli in a 4-3-3 is not the right fit. No, or Winks. Ndombele is. Yeah. Ndombele is the perfect guy for a 4-3-3 because you need three box-to-box big guys with engines, yeah. guys that can get forward and come back and deal with Liverpool's midfield three. Yeah. And help out with the fullbacks as well. So, for example, if Ndombele would probably cover um, Ericsson's lack of uh, work you know, rate, lack of back. yeah, yeah. So you need some, you need a a plan. And like four three three is not a bad formation because it keeps Liverpool's fullbacks pinned back and makes them defend a little bit. Mm. But you have to have this, you have to have the right people. That like Ericsson on the right side of a front three is not he's just not his position. I don't know when he's ever played there. He's not that quick. He needs to be in the middle where he can use his head where there's more space and find the space. That's what he does. He's number 10. Similar to playing Ozil out wide for for Arsenal if, if they chose to do that. like they, I think they've tried to crowbar him in there a couple of times and it hasn't worked. And It's not that much of a uh, a mystery of why it's not working. Like that was That's just, just the wrong team. Ali in centre mid, he doesn't, he doesn't fit there. He's a number 10. Eriksen's a number 10. You can't have two number 10s in the same team. It just doesn't work. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it, it demonstrates where Tottenham are. As I say, this this idea that the squad is drifting, Pochettino doesn't necessarily seem to have a handle on what he wants to do, what the objective is this season, because I think they're well aware already that they're out of the title race. So now yeah. the kind of race for the best of the rest is secure Champions League football. That means that there's going to be a lowering of expectation in terms of what he thought this season could be mm. and what certain players thought it could be. Who do you think is happier in North London right now? Arsenal fans or Tottenham fans? <laughs> well, Arsenal fans are never really happy. So I think you're already starting from a minus position. Um, I would still say I'd still say Spurs fans are edging it. You know, you've got to think of it in, in terms of context. Like yeah, Champions League final a few months ago, Arsenal fans have been upset over nothing for some time now. I think Tottenham fans are a little bit happier. I wouldn't say anyone's particularly got a beaming smile on the, on the Seven Sisters, but I would say Tottenham fans are probably just about edging it. 
Why don't do you do like a pro evolution soccer kind of thing? I call was it, terrified that's what you were going to say. Call it North London FC and just merge them together. It might be decent. <laughs> because, oh, Jesus. I, but imagine you'll have twelve captains. Imagine the civil war that'd create. You'd have the Bloods moaning about Maurizio <laughs> Pochettino. You know, we, no, no one would really know what was going on. Yeah, what would happen to the famed social media accounts? Exactly. Yeah. Nice. What would they moan about? Absolutely bloody everything. Everything, yeah. There'd be there'd be every single thing. The, the tube maps would be torn up. There'd be <laughs> rows. There'd be there'd be avocado smoothies being thrown at people. There'd be all sorts going on. There'd be guys in half and half dressing gowns. <laughs> you see that guy on? Yeah. Honestly, on social media, there's something going around at the minute. If you search on Twitter, there's an Arsenal fan yeah. in the crowd at the weekend. He's wearing an Arsenal fleece um, dressing gown. <laughs> dressing gown. Really? He looks like yeah, an absolute yeah. idiot, and oh, it's wow. like, why? It's on top of his normal clothes. It's like it's not, it's not an outdoor jacket. <laughs> he mate. just bought it from a club shop or something. Yeah, a bit chilly, yeah. or it looks, it looks Mental, as if he's been man. watching the first half at home in his dressing gown. You know, getting getting relaxed on a Sunday, and he's thought, I've had enough of this. This is ridiculous. I'm going to go down to the ground, and I'm going to have it out with jacket and with Emery. And, and, and his, you know, his wife said, Do you want to change? You know, maybe put a no, no. I'm I'm fuming. I'm absolutely yeah. fuming. I'm fuming. We can't see his uh, feet. He's probably got his slippers on and everything. <laughs> Christ, mug of uh, mug of Bovril. <laughs> Did we have Bovril in London? It's, it's very no, I'd say it would be a frappuccino. Very he might have been having. Yeah, I think skinny white latte. Or yeah, I think that's what he would have had. He would have had his frappuccino in hand whilst he yeah. was whilst he was shouting at Shaka. Um, <laughs> That's all for today. That's all for today, guys. It's been a fairly ridiculous weekend of Premier League. Good place to end it. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a ridiculous. I say fairly ridiculous. It's been a ridiculous weekend of Premier League action. Um, Lots of controversy. We could be seeing some changes, captaincy potentially, even managers uh, before next weekend. But we won't hold our breath because we know sometimes, inevitably, as Unai Emery said himself, we need to deal with these things calmly. So, in the words of well, yeah, you stole you stole my outview off me. In the words of Unai Emery, good evening. Uh, This has been the Football Social Daily Premier League update. We have a daily podcast for you every day via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also keep up to date on your Premier League side with a daily news bulletin. Simply ask your Alexa device to enable Sports Social. Premier League Daily from Sports Social.